All right, draft 412. We're going to do some Pittsburgh Steelers talk tonight. I am JT from draft 412, and we have Emmett Mann here. Emmett, it's been a while since you've been on. Um, we miss you, and we got some great topics for you with the Steelers because um, nothing's been going smooth for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, by the way, before we start, www.draft412.com. Be looking forward to uh, Draft Nation's going to be coming around, and there's all kinds of big things um, coming up here in the uh, 2024 for uh, Draft Nation. Emmett, thank you for joining us, and how are you doing tonight? Uh, doing well, thanks. Getting ready for the holidays. Uh, been uh, putting the finishing touches on our soon-to-debut Draft Carolina website. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, so uh, we've got a lot of content in the queue, uh, and we're, we're we're really close to uh, to throwing the switch. That's awesome. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Is, is that going to be around the new year too? Is about? Uh, I I think it might be a matter of uh, days. I th I think the pro uh, the plan is uh, if we don't have it up by the weekend, maybe uh, right after Christmas. Oh, that sounds good. That'll be. That'll be fun for people to, to get on and check it out. And like I said, eventually uh, we're all going to get funneled to Draft Nation. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be fun here here at uh, Draft Four One Two, Draft Carolina, and whoever else we bring on this uh, this year is it's it's rising right now. One thing that's not rising though, Emmett, yeah. is the uh, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and I've been we've been doing some podcasts, me, Joe. Um, I had a couple other people I was talking about in a national podcast about the Steelers. How and your and I want your opinion because you're you're straightforward. You ain't gonna you're making a hold back nothing. What? How did the Steelers get here? If it if it was ten years ago, if it was five years ago, in your opinion, how did we get to this point? Uh, I I think that's a great point you make uh, right off the bat. That this this is not a one year wonder. This is this was a calamity years in the making. Uh, I've uh, on occasion referred to the Steelers as kind of George Jetson. Uh, they're out on that treadmill and they keep running and running and running and they just they don't they they don't go anywhere. Uh, and I know and I understand the source of great pride among not only the organization but the fan base that the Steelers haven't had a top five draft pick since Terry Bradshaw uh, back in '69, I believe it was. And uh, I. I think the the next closest team is like 20 years after that so uh that that's a remarkable run of success but that's also they've kind of lapsed into a situation where draft in the middle play in the middle stay in the middle and the cycle just repeats itself and uh they've just not had the opportunity to infuse a lot of really high-end talent either through free agency or in the draft uh, and so you got a whole lot of nice players a handful of great players and a handful of not so much players and you you know it's a recipe for uh you know nine and eight ten and seven yep that's, that's a that's a very good point um do you think that this do you think that this team has gotten away from what's, what's made this franchise great. Do you, do you think the, the players are bringing in – I know we've had some issues in the past with players, but do you think it's just getting to the point now where maybe maybe Tomlin doesn't have that locker room like we always thought he did? I know he's a player's coach, but I think it was um, Minka or Hayward just came out and said he, they, they can't believe it. No one's listening to Tomlin, like the way yeah. when, when Tomlin preaches right now. 
do you do you think that that's a problem with the drafting, or do you think that's a problem with just Tomlin, just Tomlin um, trying to be buddy buddy, maybe, and these guys coming in and when things go wrong, they they just they just flake. I mean, I never seen a season where there's a video after every game. And that Deontay Johnson video, one of the worst videos I ever saw in my life, being honest. And then um, Pickens last week, basically not even going anywhere near, you know, for a block. It's it's sort of sad, and it's 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 this ain't the old school Steelers that we're we're accustomed to. Do you think it is Tomlin, or do you think it's the you think they're picking just the the bring the they're bringing in the wrong personalities? I I think it's systemic. Uh, I think there's a lot of staleness in the organization uh, from, you know, every coach has a shelf life. Uh, Bill Belichick has a far superior resume uh, than Mike Tomlin, and they're ready in New England to walk away from him uh, just because the message wears thin. Uh, You can only bust out Tomlinisms so many times before they start to fall on deaf ears. Uh, I think there's also some, uh, some staleness in scouting and, and, and coaching. Uh, and, and I think you, you uh, might have a column at some point or a podcast where, where you want to address this, but I've looked at it too. You, you know, Andy Weidel's nice with having an outside voice, but you look at how many of those scouts and how many of those uh, coaches are all, uh, you know, Steeler alumni. And so the same message keeps getting repeated. And like with any kind of message, each time it's it's repeated, it dilutes itself a little bit. And so uh, to use like a baseball analogy, um, the, 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 you always heard about the Oriole way with Cal Ripken and Cal Ripken senior person. And, that ran stale in Baltimore and it destroyed the franchise until they brought in new people, new voices, new opinions. Uh, and so I think that's one of the things that, that does not, I, I believe, does not get addressed enough. And it, like all things, I think it starts at the top. Uh, Art the Chief was, was a, you know, a, a cultural and Pittsburgh icon, beloved. But you know when he was the primary force with the Steelers, they were not just in the NFL. They were the worst franchise in professional sports uh, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And I, I'm sure Dave could address it much better than I do. And then Dan Rooney came in, and Dan Rooney was progressive and analytical and passionate about it. You know, it brought in Bill Nunn, uh, started scouting the historically black college as a university, and started, to, you know, he did things differently. And, I, you know, and it, this is not personal, but I just get the sense that this is a job for Artie. Artie doesn't have the Rooney passion. I, I, I you know, he, he comes at owning the team like a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm not saying he should sell the team or anything like that, but maybe he needs to surround himself personally with people with a little more passion for the Steelers and for, and for, the, uh, uh, for, uh, for the franchise. Well, you sort of answered the next question and a couple of different things, but um, it, that might be one of the ways to get out of this funk for the Steelers. What, uh, what other things do you think the Steelers need to do? Do you think they need to bring in just an offensive coordinator? Um, oh. <laughs> I mean, they, they got to bring out an offensive coordinator in there that ain't associated with the Steelers. We're talking yes. like just bring in a guy that I'm talking like not a left wish. Just bring somebody in that ain't. Mm-hmm never been in this organization because I think that is part of the problem in Pittsburgh with, 
I know I know Pittsburgh people are they're very tough on Tomlin for the most part, at least what on social media, what you read. And I think one of the things that people don't like about Tomlin is what you just sort of said is he seems like he brings in guys that are yes men, like Joey Porter. He had Joey Porter come in, help with the linebackers. He ain't gonna he ain't gonna give anything back to Tomlin. I mean, Tomlin needs a guy to come in here and Hey, you're doing this wrong. I mean, you know, even if it's, you know, without being afraid to lose their job kind of thing. And, and, um, I, I agree with you. It's, it's like an olive branch. Like he doesn't have a coach is all these years. He's coached. He has no coaches that have yeah. evolved from his tree because he's bringing, all he does is retread guys that, you know, even bringing in, um, the defensive coordinator from uh, the coach from Miami last year to play the be defensive coordinator last year to help out with the defense. Uh, Flores, it really, that, that really was nothing more than just a, here's a little favor I'm doing for you, Flores, kind of thing. And um, I, 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 I agree. That's a, a, one of the big problems with the Steelers right now, I think, is Tomlin has to, he has to bring guys in that are going to, that going to disagree with him. You, you, you got to have that. I'm sure, um, maybe not as much like Belichick, but I'm sure every coach has a guy out there that's, that's, hey, you're not doing this right. You need somebody to, mm to monitor your calls all the time. And I just think this year you're starting to see a real bad, um, uh, just a real bad situation. And the way you said about the Tomlin, the Tomlinisms, that's, it's getting sick. Like a guy like me that used to laugh at them, think it was funny. It's, it's actually getting you upset. And I was like, come on, man, you got to start answering questions. It's, you know. Yeah. 100%. And, and I think one of the most ironic parts of there not being a Tomlin uh, coaching tree is, I think there's a reticence on, on his part to bring in younger and upper coming upper up and coming guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if there's one guy in the NFL that's that's a hundred percent bulletproof, it's Mike Tomlin. Uh, barring something catastrophic or some major rift between him and, and Art Rooney, he's there as, as long as he wants to be. If there's you know absolutely one guy, you know maybe Belichick should not be threatened by young and up and coming assistants, it's Mike Tomlin. Uh, he is not going to bring in someone that's going to replace him. Uh, I, I look, as, as you know, many people that, that follow draft 412 know, I cover um, the Penn State football primarily. Uh, and James Franklin is always bringing in guys that within a year or two are getting head coaching jobs elsewhere or mm-hmm. assistant coaches that are moving up to, to coordinators because he's not insecure about that he's bringing in his own replacement. And Mike Tomlin should have figured that out a long time ago. He needs to look into offensive organizations like uh, uh, you know San Francisco or Miami or something. Tap into some of those organizations uh, to... To, to get the Steeler playbook uh, <laughs> to, uh, as many Steeler fans will say, get it out of not just the high school realm, but the, the, the college realm and get it up to an NFL type playbook. You ain't kidding. I don't think I've ever in my, in my life of watching the Steelers. I know we had some bad teams back with Bubby Brister. I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I remember Bradshaw. I barely remember the 79 Super Bowl. I was five. So I, I picked up with the Bradshaw, like right when he started getting injured. And um, I saw Bobby Brister. I saw Noah O'Donnell, who wasn't horrible, horrible. But I mean, I've seen some bad quarterbacks here, David Woodley. But this offense right now might be, and and I'm not even exaggerating, like it is not even fun watching football when you watch the Steelers. I mean, I'm, I actually root for 
when we get the our, our defense has a better chance of scoring. I actually have a better chance of our defense yeah. doing something, which is a terrible feeling um, in that regard. And speaking of the defense, I'm, I'm going to start off with this, and I can't believe the NFL. Um, I, I know the hit the hit looks nasty um, when you slow it down. Um, the DeMonte Casey hit on um, Michael Pittman. Does the NFL realize these guys play full speed? I, I just want to get that out there. Um, the ball was literally, I mean, I'm talking a split second of a, a chance for Deont- a Casey, which I even seen him move his shoulders a little bit. I was shocked. I wasn't shocked at the 15 yard penalty. I'll take it. Cause that's the way the NFO is, but they threw him out of the game, but it would, that shocked me. And then they suspended him for the season, which I thought was insanity. Um, how do you feel about that? I, w- I was actually, I thought it was a joke when I read that Casey was suspended the rest of the year. I, I, I made a similar comment, uh, but um, it, even the, the, you know, I know you have to throw the flag there at that point, uh, but uh, to have it reviewed for New York to make the call that had the ability to slow it down frame by frame and see what actually happened and then throw him out and then compound it, after, you know, let the emotions cool down, look at it again and then suspend them for three games. It's just, you're right. It, it's pure insanity. Uh, I listen to the NFL Network on XM Sirius frequently. Mm-hmm. And the, the the day after the game, or, or the, the Monday after the game, uh, former Steelers quarterback Jim Miller has a program on there with Pat Kerwin. And he said, he said even then, he, he could see if they would have picked up the flag. Because you I, can see Casey... He absolutely yeah, he turns his body yep, to did. avoid the contact. So I, I just uh, – this league has become so afraid of attorneys and so afraid of, uh, uh, you know, bad publicity and people that don't understand the game uh, calling out its barbarism. And, and also, you know, as a quick aside, to me, I think that the level of play – and all levels of football has really decreased in the last 10 years. And, uh, and I attribute it to, and it's not a bad thing because, you know, you, you don't want players getting permanently hurt on there, but um, you know, what, what happened about 10 years ago, the movie concussion came out, uh, uh, Bennett Amalu. And so 10 years ago, players that would be in the league now were, you know, then, 13, 14, 15, 16, uh, moms saw that movie and saw all the uh, every night on the network news and they said, my, my son's not playing. Yep. And, I, and, and you look at some of the youth leagues around here in Pittsburgh, just uh, they're struggling to find players. And I that agree. has a ripple effect. That's now manifesting itself in the NFL. Uh, and I think it's because the NFL has allowed the pendulum to swing too far uh, in discretion. I agree with you. I think um, that's why you're seeing even more um, the teams down south just destroying now. I mean, they're just they have all the talent. I mean, I, I think they have a, a different mindset where kids in the east, I think more, hey, let's play some hockey. Let's play some, you know, let's play baseball. I mean, I know down in Florida, they play, they have great football players and great baseball players. That doesn't equal out as much, but I, I do agree what you're saying. I, I know um, for a fact uh, even here in Brentwood, used to be Brentwood was like a big football town, even if it's a small, small district. But I, I'm noticing now, even they're they're struggling to get kids to come out for for uh, 
for youth football, which is insanity because I used to have 50, 60 kids show up for a team back in the day. Well, there was it was two or three years ago that Jeanette and Jeanette was a perennial power. Oh. Uh, Terrell Powell. Uh, yeah, Terrell Pryor. Pryor. Yep. They 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 actually had to bring three kids out of the band so that they could field the team for high school football. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And Jeanette's, like you said, they're when you think of Pittsburgh football, Jeanette comes up. Penn Hills, Jeanette, I and mean, it's yeah. like one of the, the yeah. big uh, the big yeah. schools. Uh, I mean, the only the only program that has managed to work through it, and I guess because it's so culturally ingrained, is Aliquippa. Oh yeah, that that's. You're from – I got to play football at Baldwin with um, Inessa and then uh, uh, Z- uh, Zamanic uh, was the the assistant coach at the time, which he went on to be a good Aliquippa coach too. He's he retired now, but they're, 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 the way they talked was way different than the way the Baldwin coaches talked before they yeah. came in. It was a whole – they expected stuff. They mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't used to. It. They didn't make Baldwin a winner though, so I can't say that they uh, they turn. I don't think anybody can make Baldwin a winner. I'm gonna name you three names, and these are three names that I go back and forth with every day about. Should they be here in the, in the future? Are they are they people? Are, we, are they players? We're gonna build this franchise around. Um, I've already made my statement on Najee Harris. I I would not give him the um I would not extend his rookie contract. I, I think the guy is beyond being a bus at this point. Um, I, I, Deontay Johnson, basically, after that video was shot, I'm shocked that he's even on the roster right now. I think I would think about 75% of the teams in the NFL may have dumped him right after that game uh, or, or at least not played him the rest of the year and find him some, some kind of way. Uh, Pickens, the talent is is there for sure, but – I don't know if you want to build your, your your wide receiver room around a guy that really gives up on plays and gets dejected when he's on part of a play. What do you what do you feel about these three guys? Uh, I think you're pretty spot on with with with, with a lot of that. Uh, uh, Harris, I agree, and, and I suspect that's what's going to happen is that he won't get um, you know his fifth year picked up. Uh, I will say in his defense, uh, he is among the leaders in the NFL in rushes of 15 yards or more. So you are starting to see some productivity out of him. Uh, there's a possibility that he comes back on a, on a team-friendly deal uh, once his, his rookie contract uh, expires. Uh, and I know people want to see uh, uh, Warren get more snaps, which you, you have to worry about the build on that guy. Uh, one one of the things I liken him to, if you 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 pirate fans going back a ways to to Craig Wilson, oh, Craig Wilson sweet. I believe still is tied with Willie Stargell for the most pinch hit home runs mm-hmm. uh, in for a season in the Pirates, and so they saw all that power in a quick burst and they started giving him regular playing time, and boy did his numbers drop. <laughs> Once they got a book on him. And I suspect that might happen with Warren if you give him too many carries. Uh, he's really good in, in min- minimal doses. But I think you'll be able to replace Harris easily enough. So I'm with you 100% on that. Deontay Johnson, uh, yeah, that, that's really disturbing. But the, the thing between the two, why they may tolerate uh, Johnson a little bit more, it's and again, it's it's one day. Everyone can have a bad day at work. You never know. But when I was in Latrobe uh, in the summer, and and I put this in a column I did for it, the difference between the two 
during practice was night and day. Deontay Johnson was up and down the sidelines, uh, congratulating guys when they made a nice play, encouraging them to get their chin up if, if something went wrong. Uh, you know, if, if he wasn't in the huddle, he was still, you know, barking and, and, and firing up his troop. George Pickens, he came out of the building, and everyone else that came out of the building, you know, one or two would sign. Most would say, hey, get me after practice, or they'd wave, they'd hug, or they'd stop for a second so you could snap it. George Pickens came uh, came out of the building, put his hood up, made a beeline right for the field. When they were running plays, if it, was, if it wasn't in his, in his direction, it's exactly what you saw the other day. He just kind of you know, he, he went into George, uh, jogging George Hendrick mode where he just kind of kept it in first gear. Uh, if he wasn't part of the drills, he was over on the sideline by himself, moping and whatnot. So that's a long way of saying, I think they keep Johnson around for what you don't see off of the field mm-hmm. and that maybe they'll give him credit that he just had a brain cramp. Um, I believe his contract is up after next season. Yeah. Uh, you know, they could cut him this offseason to save some, save some cap money. Uh, but Pickens is such an enigma to me. Uh, yeah, the talent is there, but I think there's an attitude. Uh, I think you, you've seen a, uh, uh, a work ethic issue. But, you know, the, the, I know people, there's some people that just love him and defend him to death. But the, And, yeah, some of that scheme uh, and, and play calling. But the guy just doesn't get open for the talent level that he has. And, you know, if he hasn't figured that out in a season, you know, almost two full seasons that you're, they're not going to throw to you. If you're not open, uh, you know, you know, you got to work on that. Maybe his problems are solved with the new offensive coordinator. I don't know. I just see a lot of body language stuff with me that has been off putting. One of the things I've been doing with uh, draft four one two is I, I do a lot of um I do a lot of draft profiles. I've done a lot of receivers this year, and when I'm watching games, one of the things I watch for are guys that their original route they don't get open. The quarterback leaves the pocket, and now the play is backyard brawl. Like, can you do you move yourself to get an open spot? Like, like that's one thing. I'll the best player in NFL history doing that, I'll say to the day I thought was Antonio Brown. Him and Ben had this way of playing backyard football whenever plays would break down because Brown didn't stop playing. Pickens will never be a guy once he runs his route if you don't get the ball passed to him, which is terrible because um, you see it in Minnesota. Justin Jefferson does it. Jefferson doesn't get the original pass, but you'll see that Jefferson do something down the sideline. or And it's terrible if actually number one receiver that he doesn't work hard to get, you know, to extend play, so help your quarterback out. Yep, I, I agree. I um, I've had Mike Tomlin's back every season. I go through every off season. I go through arguments with my buddies, and um, and I, I of course I bring the facts up, like you already brought up that he's not going anywhere unless he wants to go somewhere. I mean, he's he's here. He's got he's bulletproof. Unless he would say something or do something that would embarrass the franchise, but. I think that's where the, where the Tomlinisms come in. He doesn't ever say anything that's going to affect him. But this is the first season. After they lost both of the 2-10 and 10 games, uh, I saw the, the players' reactions, the way they were just playing the game. I said to myself, and you made this point already, a really good baseball player after 10 years somewhere, they get stale. I mean, it's 
they, they might they might have a 250 hitting season. You're like, what where'd that come from? And then next thing you know, he gets moved out and boom, 320, 30 homers. And and you see that in football as well. And I, I think that you made the point earlier. I think Tomlin is just it's just a stale thing now. Like you said, I think that hey, we know what we're gonna get with Tomlin. The players um we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I think the players are comfortable with them. Um, what do you feel? Do you feel it's time to move on? I mean, do you feel it's time? Do you think if Tomlin would, I don't know how am I going to say, can, if, if Tomlin would just come out and say, look, I'm, I'm getting still here. Do you think he would ever do that or no? I, I think, I think he would. I think he is a man of immense pride uh, and he takes great, um, value in, uh, in himself as a role model and doing things the right way and projecting excellence. And, you know, it started as kind of a trickle with, with Antonio Brown. And then you started seeing it snowballing with, with Chase Claypool. And now you're seeing it with a, uh, uh, with uh, Deontay Johnson and uh, George, George Pickens. And now you're seeing fellow teammates chirping in and criticizing him. So I could really see um, with him having one year left on the, on, on his deal, him going into uh, Art Rooney's office and say, you know, this isn't just, it's not working anymore. It's not working for the team. It's not working for me. Uh, his kids are getting close to, they're going to be out of college. You know, in a few years, he, he, he very well may be a granddad. Uh, he want to start spending time with family, kind of like you saw with Mike Munchak uh, type of thing. So I could see it happen, but I could also see uh, his pride kicking in and doubling down and saying, I'm not leaving until I win two playoff games. And then you're back on the treadmill again. I, I agree. I, I, I totally agree with that. And if you had to put percentages on something, what, what is a better chance of happening? Tomlin saying, I need to get, I need to go somewhere new or the Steelers who people will think they could trade them. And if they got like draft picks offer, like say Chicago or Washington or somebody just ran up to us and said, Hey, I'm going to give you a, a one and a two next year, a one and a three or something crazy. Do you think the Steelers would, would, would entertain that? I think the Steelers would entertain that if Mike Tomlin broached it first. Okay. Uh, uh, if they, I, I don't, uh, if that phone call came in, they would put them on that team on hold, get Mike on the line, say, "Hey, Mike, you know, what what really is your future? How long do you think you're going to be here?" And if he said, "I'm a Steeler for life," they'd pick the phone back up and say, "Thanks for the interest. We'll see you at the league meetings." Yeah. Uh, so that that <laughs> that agree. is going to have to be something Tomlin initiates. I I, I agree with that too. I think um, I think Tomlin pretty much dictates what happens. Um, I try to tell my buddies that like I'm not a fire farmer. They're not getting fired. I mean, yeah. no. I mean they get my 0 and 17 this year. Which, honest to God, if they went 0 and 17, would have been better for their future, like you already <laughs> talked about. Because then we'd be drafting at the top part of the uh, the order. And speaking of of drafting this year, um, this is where our buddy David Finoli is going to probably watch it and either get mad or get happy. But should the Steelers? Um, and there's a lot of moving parts here. Should they move on from Kenny Pickett? Or, like I was talking to people, give the, let the new offensive corner come in. Um, hopefully he comes in this summer. Um, build a repertoire with him. Give him six, seven games next year. 
see if there's an improvement. If it's maybe it was something that was just stalling out. That was my opinion. Like I, that's what I think the Steelers should do because I think we have too many holes to unless a, a there could be a quarterback that's out there in the fourth or fifth round this year, the way the quarterbacks are coming out this year, like a Michael Pratt or something that maybe the Steelers will be like, you know what? Let's just grab this guy and put him. I mean, we already seen what's going on with Mason Rudolph and um and um uh Trubisky. So, I mean, that, that wouldn't be an issue to bring a quarterback in like that. But what do you feel? And David's listening. So, what do sure. they do? Uh, I would I would ride with uh, Pickett going into the offseason. Um, you, you know, you, you've done a, a bunch of write-ups on the quarterbacks, so, so you know them inside and out. Uh, and, and you know that after May uh, and Williams, I mean, they're, they're good players. There's going to be you, you know, five to six guys taken in the first round, mm-hmm. but you know, are they, you know, really lead pipe locks? Uh, I mean, you look at, I, I hear now Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix Jr. And to a lesser extent, Bo Nix floated around. Well, with those three, they are all anywhere from 16 months to, you know, 22 months younger than Kenny Pickett. So you're right back with you're taking an older senior quarterback. Uh, you know, Pickett had 1,600, 1,674 attempts. Uh, Daniels had 1,438. Uh, Penix, 1,596. Uh, so, you know, like I made the point last offseason when Dave Finoli was fitting Pickett for a gold <laughs> jacket, I was trying to tell him, Pretty much what you see is what you get with Pickett. And I find that the resumes of these three guys are eerily similar to Kenny Pickett. So is there a significant upgrade to, to, to taking one of those guys when, as you said, there are so many holes on the roster? Kenny Pickett, at, at a bare minimum, at a bare minimum, will be a 12 to 15-year backup. Quite frankly... He is an ideal backup because he will come in and because you look when he had his greatest success was last year when there was no book on him and, you know, no one knew how to figure him out. So if he's coming in a couple of games a year, very intelligent, extremely calm, you know, you know, the, the people love to use the term moxie will not turn the ball over. That's exactly what you want in a backup. Now, I think he can be a mid-level, get you to the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game. But, you know, Dave, I'm sorry. He's not a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Um, to me, he's kind of a placeholder until they do finally stub their toe badly enough to end up in the top ten and get a, an honest, bona fide, you know, has checks every box. But I wouldn't be – uh, I wouldn't be in a rush to come off of Kenny Pickett after this year. Uh, yes, the uh, the offensive coordinator in the system is, is a bit of a mess. But, you know, some of the stuff they do run, I see run elsewhere, but it's run successfully. So there are personnel issues with him and around him. But I think you owe it to him for the investment you've made. you got to give him at least – you know, depending on when their bye week is next year or eight games. I agree. I agree. I think that um, it would only be fair if you bring a new uh, offensive coordinator in to 
And it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a problem though to either to me if they brought in a veteran to back him up that could start if after like six games he didn't play yeah. well. And I don't want to bring up Kirk Cousins. That's a name I've been yeah. hearing. But a guy, I mean, if it, they can get him in there, but if you bring a veteran in like that, that you say, hey, yeah. you're here. If, you know, if Kenny can't find it, we got to move on. So yeah, I I think that's prudent, and I don't think that answer is in house. Uh, Kirk Cousins isn't going to sign anywhere. Uh, unless he's guaranteed the start starting position, so which of course means he's he's a candidate to end up at Pitt, but that's another discussion for another time. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you know I've I've heard Geno Smith's name floated out there. Yeah, I don't know that that does a lot for me, uh, but maybe if if uh, uh, you know Garoppolo or Darnold are, are are not going to be starting guys. No, about Justin Fields, if they pull off a yeah, field. They, I would love. I I would be intrigued by Justin Fields. And, I actually and, would too. I would. And, I would. I would go into the season with Fields as my starter and Pickett as a backup. Yeah. And, if, and, as, and here's the statement that is going to kill off Dave Finoli. And then, <laughs> and I was saying this back uh, in the summer when people were you know calling Fields a bum and a bust, which he may you know finally be shortly. But I I've always maintained that if Roger Goodell made Kenny Pickett and Justin Fields free agents, put them on your roster, no salary cap implications. They could be your 54th man. 32 out of 32 general managers would take Fields, including Omar Khan. Oh, there's no doubt. Just, I mean, he could beat you. He could beat you in more than one way. So if, if he's if he's off throwing the ball, he could still, we did it last year. He could run for 140 yards, <laughs> but I mean, I've seen some this year. I've seen a little bit of growth in him. I had a couple bears on my fantasy football team, which tells you I'm out of the playoffs right now. <laughs> but I had um I had Cole Komet and I had um uh, the wide receiver uh, Moore. Is that Moore? Yeah, DJ yeah, Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore. Uh, both had pretty good years for the Bears not being a huge offensive team. But I, I, there's a couple games where Fields really made some nice plays. So I think it's it's there. He, it might be that situation we just talked about. Maybe he needs a change, man. He's, you know, just not, needs to get out of Chicago. And they have all these draft picks coming. So I don't think they would hold a team for a first-rounder for Fields. So um, I know there's a little, little whispers about Fields. And it, it, that intrigues me. It makes sense to me if they would um, they'd bring him in. But, um, Emmett, what, what is your alcohol of choice for the holidays? What do you like to drink? Oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a scotch guy. Oh, that's uh, right. You're scotch. Always- Christmas Eve after after uh, uh, mass uh, uh, on Christmas Eve mass, uh, some of the family comes over to my parents' house, and uh, I always uh, I always have myself uh, a little glass or four of scotch. <laughs> that sounds good. I have my family coming over here for uh, Christmas Eve, and we're going over to my in laws for uh, for Christmas. I'm, I'm I think I'm going to do a little bit, of, maybe a little bit of beer, but I might do some. Um... I've been on a Bacardi kick. I don't know why, but like a Bacardi diet kind of kick. Just uh, it makes me feel. I think the older I get, the more beer makes me feel bloated. So any kind of regular alcohol uh, tastes better. What one of my personal favorites, and y'all might think I'm insane, but Bacardi Black and Root beer, good stuff. I'll tell you what, that just sounds amazing when you said that. I didn't even know that existed. So I'll <laughs> I'll look into that. But Emmett, thank you so much for um filling in, um and guys um. Once we get all the information, please check out uh, www.draft412, then Draft Nation, Draft Carolina. Um, it's all going to be coming together here sooner than not, especially after the New Year. So um, you have any friends and family, especially down south, um, 
I know the Carolina crew got these guys got a lot of colleges down there and a lot of um yeah. a lot of stuff going on down there. Emmett, I appreciate you. Um love being a partner with you. Um have a great holiday, have a great Christmas, um, be safe and um Yes. We'll be off the clock now. Thank you. All right, thank you.